Girlfriends, episode number 312, When God Says No. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about when God says no. These are the worst of our moments when we pray so hard and the answer seems to be no. Let's talk about how we can handle that. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, thrilled you are here. You know I love connecting with you right here on the podcast. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome to Girlfriends. I hope you're going to like it here. I hope you're going to want to become a longtime member of our community of girlfriends here on the podcast. If you are a sometimes or all-the-time listener, I want to thank you for being here. You know I love connecting here. And it's so important to me to know that once a week we have this time together. So thanks for showing up for it. So this week's topic, it's a tough one. This is one of those things where we don't want God to say no, right? We want the happy, clappy smile and God will answer all of your prayers with a big fat yes and do everything that you say, everything according to your will, right? That's what we want if we're being honest, right? So this is a tough topic. And, you know, there are different ways that you might experience this in big ways. You might experience this in small ways. But, you know, when we read the scripture passages like knock and the door will be open to you, you know, anything you ask of my father, he will give to you. And we're like, yes, yes, exactly. That's what I want. We want to show up to our prayer time with a list of the items that we want and how we want to receive them and have God just kind of fill our order, right? And yet, so this is so challenging when the answer to a prayer seems to be no or not now or not yet. We really struggle with this. And I know I personally have struggled with this. One of the most, I would say, one of the the toughest times that I, I struggled with this is there's a story that I share in my book, You're Worth It, where I, I shared about a time, um, this was many years ago now, when, so my husband, Dan, he was a teacher for over 18 years at the same small private school right near where we live. And that school closed. So he's kind of like in a place of transition in what he was going to do for work. And at the time, I decided this was my project. And I started, you know, researching everywhere, you know, all the different kinds of jobs that might be available to him. And I found what I thought was the perfect job for him. It was director of a charter school with, you know, like their philosophies of education just really lined up well with Dan's skills and his leadership uh, abilities with being the director position. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it. And yeah, I mean, it looked like a good job prospect. But I mean, when I look back on it now, I can see that, first of all, I bullied my husband into it. Like, I didn't even give him a chance, like, to tell me how he thought about it, what he felt about it, whether or not he wanted to apply. It was like, this is happening, you know, and just kind of like shoving him toward it. And I did the same thing in my prayer life about that particular job. Like, I didn't go into my prayer at that time saying, you know, Lord, please guide us, uh, help us to see what your plan is for, for Dan's work situation. You know, I went into my prayer life at that stage in my my life, like, here it is, Lord, here's the job, get it for him. Like, seriously. And, and, you know, praying to Mary, too, in the same way. Like, you know, I I mean, I didn't really use words like that. But that was, when I look back on it, I can see now. That was how I approached prayer. That was how I approached Dan. That's how I approached the entire situation. Like, I was in control of it. I had figured out what the answer was. And I was going to make it happen. 
And um, so I did. <laughs> I did. Dan applied. He got the job. And I was like, all right, you know, God does answer our prayers. And it, it was very much like that, you know, at first. But very quickly, we we found out that that was a, a terrible situation for Dan. And it, it didn't wind up working out in the long term. And thanks be to God, he's not there now. It was, and it was rough. It was rough for those those weeks where I was like, okay, we just this is just adjustment, right? Like this is just adjustment. But the kinds of challenges that he was facing there, I mean, it didn't make any sense. It was not a good fit. It could not be more clear that it was not a good fit. And it was very humbling for me to kind of reckon with that. And I can look back on it now and I can see what a gift that experience was to me, as painful as it was in the moment. And I still, like there were people who treated Dan very badly. And it, it's been hard for me to kind of let go of that and forgive those people. It's something I really struggled with at the time. I still struggle with it. But looking back now, I can see that that entire experience, though I never would have chosen it for myself, and I never want to hear God say no in prayer, it was a lesson for me. I think God allowed that to happen in that way as a way of teaching me how better to approach my relationship with him, how better to approach bringing my needs to God. Bringing him my needs is exactly that, bringing them to him and then trusting him to meet our needs in the way that he sees fit, in the way that he knows is best for us, uh, especially in the long term. I, you know, we're so short-sighted sometimes. And, and so many times, you know, I know I get it, where it's tempting to go to prayer and just be like, here's, here's what I need. Give it to me now. And we become so impatient in that way. And God allows these opportunities for us to kind of grow in our relationship with him, to come to understand prayer is not about me going to God and saying, here are the things I need, and then waiting for him to give them all to me. It's about growing in relationship with him. It's about growing closer to him. It's about learning to trust him. It's about teaching ourselves that we're completely dependent upon him, recognizing that truth rather than we're in control and we're even telling God what to do, which is sadly how I was approaching prayer at that time. So I can look at that and I can see there's a situation where God said yes to a, a, a very specific prayer that I had in a way that I didn't even want <laughs> in the long term. I didn't want that. I just didn't know. We didn't know. And so I think that was a really good eye-opening kind of experience for me because we we many times approach God in that way and we get frustrated when it feels like he's saying no to something. But now when I get frustrated, I'll I'll look back and I'll remember that time and say, oh, uh, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps he knows better than I do what's best for us. Perhaps my prayer shouldn't be do X, Y, and Z specifically, but it should be more not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Here's what I think might be a good idea, but he doesn't need my ideas, right? Bringing him our needs and trusting him to take care of our needs in the best way. That God has our best interest at heart. He wants to work all things together for our good. We need to get out of the way sometimes. So that is why I understand, I completely understand. If God is saying no to you in prayer right now, I 100% understand the frustration of that. But let's talk about that. We, let's talk about a few different things that I would suggest that you do if you're struggling there. If, if you feel like God is saying no in prayer right now, and that's a tough thing for you. I, I think the first thing that you can do is it, give yourself permission to grieve. That's, I think that's really important. So whether you're bringing this, this prayer to God, and it's whenever we're praying for good things, I, I know that the temptation is to think, Lord, 
look at this good thing. I know this would be a good thing for me or for this person that I love. Make it happen, right? But we don't see the long term. So whether you're praying for a job opportunity or for a change in your marriage or in a friendship or for you know help with your kids or if you're worried about health or you're praying for healing for somebody or recovery from illness, like those are good things. These are good things that we want. But you know, God in his infinite wisdom sometimes chooses to make us wait. And he has something else in mind for us, or he has something later on in mind for us, or he wants to prepare us for that thing before he gives it to us. We don't know, but that doesn't make it any easier in the moment to not get this good thing that you want. So give yourself permission to feel bad about that, to grieve that. It feels like a loss. You know, if you're bringing this to prayer and have great hopes for something to happen in your life or an opportunity or, you know, a change in some way, if you're praying so hard for that and, you know, trusting in God and trusting that God's going to provide for you, and then it seems like he doesn't, and give yourself permission to grieve that loss, to feel it as a loss, because it is. And it's only human to feel that way. So allow yourself that. Don't, I know sometimes we can, we can feel like, well, I shouldn't feel that way. And then we end up kind of tying ourselves up in knots, trying to not feel the way that we naturally feel. And that's not healthy. So let yourself feel how you are. Give yourself permission to feel that way. Even if you're feeling frustrated, even if you're feeling angry, God can handle that. Bring that to prayer. Bring those emotions to prayer. So first, give yourself permission to, to grieve. And then a second of all, I, I think, and we all need to do this. No, I am not here preaching to you because I have all of these things perfectly figured out and I practice them all perfectly. No, not even close. But I, I do know that every one of us can be working on our idea, our concept of understanding pain, suffering, and loss in our lives. This sometimes when God says no, is an invitation to grow in that. An invitation to grow in understanding the redemptive value of suffering. You know, one famous quote from C.S. Lewis that I always love to share is, we're not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. And isn't that the truth? Isn't that what we all struggle with sometimes? We struggle with this notion that God is out to get us in some way, right? Oh, yeah, of course, God's going to do what's best, but what's best is going to be horribly painful and not at all what I want, right? <laughs> but, you know, God doesn't want to, to make us suffer for this just for the sake of it. He wants to make us suffer or allow us to suffer, I mean, for our own good, for our own growth and holiness, for, so that we can grow closer to Him, so that we can offer up that suffering for our forgiveness of our own sins and reparation for our own sins and the sins of the whole world, that we can add our sufferings to His and give them infinite value in that way. So if if you're feeling that way, you know, maybe if you're feeling frustrated and, and feeling like God is saying no or not yet, and you're feeling impatient because you've got your plan and it doesn't seem like God is doing what you want, work on your idea of, of suffering. What, what do you think about the value of suffering? And in what ways might God be calling you to grow in your closeness to Him, grow in holiness through a better understanding of what He wants for you, especially with regard to the ways in which you might be suffering and the ways in which you might be experiencing lack. So many of us are frustrated in that way, but truly I would I would encourage you if you're struggling with that notion to bring that to prayer. You know, if you feel like God is saying no and you're feeling frustrated by that, bring that to prayer and ask God to open you up to understanding, to better understanding his plan for your life, to better understanding 
his his plan for the good that can come about from the ways in which you are struggling right now. So work on your idea of like what pain is and why we might experience it and the good things that can come from it as as hard as that is. And I, I understand this, that especially if it's something that you're really struggling with, something that you really are, are hoping for, something that you have a lot invested in, and it's terribly disappointing when it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would or the way that you wanted it to, that those are some of the moments that we can look back and and see that that was a place where God was calling me to closer communion with him. That was a place where God was calling me to better understand how dependent I am on him and calling on me to give him everything, give him all of my joys and my sorrows, my trials and my frustrations, to bring it all to him and offer it all to him. That's what he's asking for. And sometimes, yes, he allows us to suffer. He allows us to have to wait in ways that we never would want to for the good things that we we know that he wants good things for us. But sometimes we think we know too specifically <laughs> which good things and when and how. Uh, so, you know, there there really is an opportunity there if you're suffering in that way to work on your idea of accepting pain. All right. And then the third thing I would suggest if you're you're struggling with God saying no to something is to really take a moment, take a breath, examine what your motives are with wanting this particular thing in this particular way, that sense of control, like, what is it? What is it? It might be a very good thing. Like, let, let's say it's a job opportunity, either for yourself or for, for a loved one. It could be a good thing at its surface, like, hey, this is a great job opportunity, uh, you know, great fit for this person's skills, and this should happen, right? So, but examine what your motives really are with wanting that or what your motives really are with wanting to control that. Like with the story that I shared at the start, I can look back now and see, I was just, I I thought I was in control of everything. And it very much was about me, you know, picking out what was, what was going to happen and deciding and then, you know, doing everything that I could to make it happen. And, you know, there's a place for that. Of course, there's a, you know, <laughs> we have to do things. And if you have a goal in mind, of course, we need to work toward those goals. But there's a difference in the attitude to, you know, thinking maybe this is a good fit and being open to it and pursuing it, but also praying at the same time, you know, Lord, guide me. Is this the right thing? If it's not, then, you know, your will be done, Lord. Kind of having that attitude as we kind of work toward these things and, you know, even doing the whole process, like say you are applying for a job, kind of just being open to what God's plan might be for that. Or if you're, you know, praying for something that's so obviously good, like let's say somebody has cancer and you're praying for their healing from cancer. Or let's say there somebody has a very sick child and you're praying for the, the child's full recovery from this illness. And it might seem like God's saying, no, if that person doesn't get well, or if, or if the that baby doesn't get well, it seems like God's saying no, and that can be so frustrating. It can make us so angry, and we can feel so rejected and disillusioned and discouraged in that. And yet, oftentimes, I think if we examine our motives, sometimes um, I like to think about, there's this uh, book, I've talked about Father Jacques Philippe here on the podcast before. He's one of my favorite contemporary Catholic authors. He's just got these great little books, and they're all little. They're little little books. They almost feel like booklets. They're so accessible. They're so easy to read. And he just has such great spiritual wisdom that he shares in them. And this this particular thought comes from his book um, in the School of the Holy Spirit, where he kind of walks you through 
discerning what God's will is. This is the big thing that so many of us struggle with. Like, how do we figure out what God wants for us? Well, maybe discerning God's will requires, this is what he encourages us to think about. Whether or not that thing that you want, that thing that you're so desperately praying about, maybe it's vainglory. And there's that word, which is kind of a, a weird word, right? I don't know that I've ever read it anywhere else. And yet he explained that, you know, vainglory would mean something you're pursuing for your own sake, for your own glory in a way that maybe is is counter to what God's plan is for your life. Now, of course, you wouldn't be like vainly pursuing, you know, the healing of a sick child, right? That's that's silly. But maybe, maybe you are too attached to the idea of controlling that situation. Maybe you feel too attached to being the person who's going to to pray this situation better. And then more specifically, if you're praying for a particular job, if you're praying for financial success, if you're praying for, I don't know, a particular opportunity for you or your husband or your kids, like maybe, maybe some of that you're being motivated by vainglory, something that would be good for you, something that would feel good for you, something that would look good for you, that would, you know, glorify you in some way. And, you know, we all need to be honest about what our motives are. And I think that there's a lot to be learned from that. So if God is saying no to something, then maybe just examine what your motives are in wanting that particular thing. And it doesn't mean they're bad. I'm not saying that they're bad, right? We, we go to prayer with good intentions. But examining what your real deep root motive is for that thing. Because ultimately, our motive in everything, and I'm not there yet, it should always be that God's will be done, whatever it is. Whatever it is, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. You know, Jesus gave us that beautiful prayer that he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he died, where first and foremost, he says, Father, take this cup, take this cup from me. He didn't want to do it. And so, you know, if that's where you are and you're, you're still praying for that specific outcome that you want, our Lord did that too. So you're in good company. But then this is the tricky part, kind of examining what your motives are and being open to the second part of that prayer that our Lord models for us, which is not my will, but your will be done, Lord. So recognizing that, what are your motives? Examining them. This could be a real opportunity for you to recognize that some of the things that you think are very good things maybe aren't in the end. Maybe wouldn't be for you. Maybe it looks like a great opportunity, but in the end, it wouldn't be good for you. So just examining your your motives in what you're praying for. All right. And then the the fourth thing I want to mention um, that I would suggest you think about if you're struggling with God saying no to you in prayer right now is what is that no really a yes to? So this is an interesting way of kind of flipping the scene in your mind, right? So let's say you are you are praying for a job opportunity. You've applied for a job and you really want it to work out. Well, it doesn't work out or it seems like it's not going to work out, and you're, you're crushed and you're disappointed. Well, what is that a yes to? Maybe some other opportunity that God has in mind for you that's happening, you know, in the not too distant future. Maybe it's a yes to changing your priorities so that possibly you don't need to work uh, that many hours or in that particular way. Maybe it's a yes to you spending time on some other project in a way that you couldn't if you had that particular job. What is God telling you yes to? He's not saying no. He's saying yes to something else. He's opening up a door to something else. And sometimes it's a door we don't want opened, like in the example of of praying for somebody who's sick, praying for healing, whether it's you or someone that you love, praying for, for healing and recovery and physical wellness. I mean, of course, those are good things. 
But if God is saying no to that right now, or saying not yet or not right now, then what is he saying yes to? He's saying yes, perhaps to you growing in holiness through the suffering that you're going to have to endure. Maybe he's saying yes to you growing closer to him, learning more dependence on him. Maybe he's saying yes to the ways in which you're going to grow in love in your personal relationships through this trial that you're going through, whether it's a job loss or a a health crisis or, you know, some other challenge in your marriage or your friendships. God is calling you to something. He's saying yes to something. He's nudging you towards something else. You know, I kind of think of it sometimes like you think um, like we're, we're rats in a maze, which is not a very, not a very flattering comparison. But in, in some ways, you know, you're praying for doors to be opened, like in this particular maze. But if you're bumping up against a wall, then where is it open? You know, where is God guiding you toward? He's not going to like outline your life and hand you this, you know, this, this plan all, all written out in a, a Word document, right? Here you go. Step one, step two. Most of us don't, don't hear direction from God in that way. But he does guide us through closed doors sometimes to turn in another direction. Not here, but here. This door is closed, but this door is opened. You know, think about how you would guide somebody like that. Somebody who's not sure what the ultimate, you know, the ultimate best way is to go. You you can guide them in that way. And I, I really do believe that's that's part of how God communicates his will to us is through opportunities that close. And, and things that we realize that as much as we're praying for it and very specifically praying for it and trusting in God to provide it, in the end, he might not provide it. And that closed door is turning us, turning our attention toward something that's open, something that he wants us to focus on instead, something he wants us to turn toward or pursue instead. What is it a yes for? What? How could you reinterpret this no as a yes for something different? All right. Um, so the fifth thing I want to say, I want to caution you in this one, just be very aware of what you're thinking, especially about your relationship with God when you're feeling frustrated in this way. Like I said, it is human. It is normal. It is perfectly okay to feel frustrated, to feel angry, to feel disillusioned, to feel discouraged, to feel even betrayed by God. I for sure have felt that way at different times throughout my lifetime. And it's okay to bring all of that to prayer. Um, but be careful in some of those negative emotions that you're experiencing, that you don't fall prey to some of Satan's lies. And what am I talking about here? You know, some of those sneaky ways that the enemy will lie to us in our own thoughts, you know, presenting these little nudges, these own little, only little, little things in our, in our thoughts, like, you know, God doesn't care about you. God doesn't care about those things. God doesn't want good things for you. God's looking out for himself, or God has his favorite people that he's providing for, and and you're not one of them. These are are ways that we might be tempted to think. And if you think about it, go all the way back to the the Garden of Eden, and this, this was what happened with Eve, right? She wasn't tempted to go and bite that delicious fruit because it looked so delicious. She was tempted to disobey because the serpent said to her, you will not die. God told you not to eat of that tree. Because if you do, he knows you will become like him, knowing good from evil. He planted that seed of doubt in Eve's mind that God wants good things for her. And she took the bait. She believed it. She entertained those doubts until she took action based on them. And that is still the way that Satan tempts us today. 
He will tempt us with these little thoughts, which are very human, right? He can work on our emotions when we're feeling sad or frustrated or feeling like we're, we're you know, beating our heads against a wall or, or talking into the sky and not hearing anything back, that he'll use that and, and begin to kind of creep these little thoughts in. So be very careful about the way that you think, the way you allow yourself to think, the kinds of thoughts that you will entertain about who God is and what he wants for you. And reject those lies. Reject the lies that he doesn't care about you, that he doesn't love you, that he doesn't want every good thing for you. And just understand that it's not this particular good thing that's what's best for you if he's saying no right now. So recognize that. Think all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Satan's tricks are the same. He's pulling the same tricks today. Just be very aware of that and be cautious about how you think about God and how you think about your relationship with God and where it's going. So that's the fifth one. Then one more, six. The last thing that you should do when you're going through this process of just grappling with a time when God might be saying no to something for you is rest in the goodness of God. And this will combat number five, right? This will combat all of those lies. So you might have a favorite scripture passage, you know, maybe Psalm 23 or something similar that reminds you of the goodness of God, who's providing for us, who's caring for us. You know, maybe spend some time reading some of your favorite scripture passages along those themes or the the scripture passages where, where Jesus tells us that he wants to provide for us, right? Like he provides for the birds of the air that neither reap nor sow. He provides for them. How much more so is he going to provide for you? He has the hairs on your head counted. You know, remind yourself of all of these intimate ways that God loves us and he cares for us. Like he, like we can't even imagine a love beyond all imagining he has for you personally. And it can be really hard to believe that when you feel like he's telling you no for something. But, you know, I like to to remember that, you know, as parents, we experience this all the time. You might tell your child no for something and they're very angry with you, but you're telling them no for their own good. And you can so clearly see that. You know, m- Many years ago, when my son, Stephen, was very little, he was like, probably three and he had an ear infection and he had the the liquid pink penicillin for his ear infection. And he got a dose of that, you know, twice a day or whatever. And he loved it. He like loved it. It was like a special treat for him. He just loved that stuff. It's like bubblegum flavored or whatever. And I remember, you know, I would give him that, the one dose in the morning or whatever. And then he would have a fit because he wanted more. And he would like have an all out tantrum, just screaming and crying and just wanting more. And, you know, in that moment, and and since then, I've reflected on that. And that's how we are sometimes, aren't we? Like he was so short. This is a good thing. I like this stuff. Give me more. Why won't you give me more? Don't you love me? Don't you want to give me more? And yet I, of course, as his mother recognized, I can't just give him the whole bottle of penicillin. That would be terrible for him. That would hurt him. And so many times, you know, whatever it is, it might be a more, much more complicated situation, but that's what's going on in our relationship with God. We are his precious children who do not know all things. He is our loving father who does indeed know all things and loves us infinitely. He only wants what's best for us. And he knows so much better than we do what is best for us. So we need to learn to trust him, even when we see that very good thing. And why wouldn't he let us have it? because we have such a limited understanding 
He sees things in the long term. He sees things from his godly perspective, which is all things. And it's you know so far beyond our imagining how how well God knows us, how intimately he knows us, and how very much he knows what is good for us and wants to give it to us. That's the other thing. He wants to give it to us. So really just make a, a spiritual practice of maybe in your prayer time, if you're struggling with that, rather than going to your prayer time and just, you know, beating your head against a brick wall and saying, I want this thing. I want this thing. I want this thing. Why won't you give me this thing? Instead, make it a, a prayer practice during this time to just go to your prayer time and maybe just re- read very carefully and then and then spend some quiet time reflecting on a scripture passage about the goodness of God about how much he loves us and wants to care for us, how he's the good shepherd, how he guides us and loves us and wants every good thing for us. And just rest in that goodness. Let yourself rest in that goodness and practice that trust in the goodness of God. I know, easier said than done, but I'm preaching to myself here too. Okay, so just to recap, if you are struggling with God saying no to something, uh, first, give yourself permission to grieve. The, the good thing, whatever it is that you're, you're feeling a loss of. Number two, work on your idea of what pain is and suffering and what, what role it can play in your life. Number three, examine your own motives. Number four, ask yourself, what is this a yes for? Number five, beware of Satan's lies. And then number six, rest in the goodness of a God who loves you intimately and infinitely. So those are my thoughts, but you might have some. You might have some thoughts on this topic or an experience on this topic that you would like to share with me. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. You can uh, send me a Voxer using the link that are always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Just click on podcasts and you'll find girlfriends there and you get all the information that you need, including that link to connect with me on Voxer or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, coming up, we've got some more of the show, a reader question for you. But first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> You may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will. And it's a, it's a journey of trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really, like this is a book I wish I had as a young adult. Like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource or encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah. So go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. (laughs) Buy them this book. (laughs) Go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today.
Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And guess what? One of you made my day. Tatiana sent this voicemail. You know, I love hearing your voices. So here we go. Hey, Danielle, this is Tatiana from Kentucky. Just wanted to say thank you so much for your podcast. Um, Every time I reach for it, it supplies. I just listened to your podcast with Sonia Corbett, Seeking Rest, which was beautiful and powerful and timely. Um, And I wanted to add Bishop Robert Barron's podcast as a resource um, for uh, Rose that called in. Thank you so much for your podcast. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you so much, Tatiana. First of all, for sending the voicemail. I I love that you took the time to do that. If anybody else wants to do that, you can record it on your own phone and send it to me by email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes for every girlfriend's podcast over at ascensionpress.com. Well, I want to thank you for for listening to the episode. Sonia is one of my favorite people to ever speak to. And um, I, I loved getting the chance to do that, that particular podcast with her and all about, you know, finding rest in God, which is you know, actually very, very much in line with what we're, we're talking about here today when we might be struggling when God is saying no. Really that last step that I shared at the start of the show of just resting in the goodness of God is, is really what her newest project is all about. Um, so people can go in and check out that recent podcast with Sonia if you want to hear what Tatiana is talking about. And thank you so much for sharing that resource of Bishop Barron's podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right. And then I heard this week from a listener who um, just identifies herself with her initials, JW. And um, she wrote in saying, Dear Danielle, um, I would like for you to talk about marriage, especially when children are grown, you're both retired, and your marriage is not as romantic or interesting as it used to be. I need encouragement with this issue. As we're getting old, we don't hug or becoming intimate is getting farther and farther in between. I would ask prayers from you for this particular stage in our lives. So many things in the world affect marital relationships. Thank you and keep up the good work. P.S. My daughter bought me your book, You Are Enough, for Christmas, and I really enjoyed it. I did get so much out of it, and it gave me hope. God bless you, J.W. Okay, JW, I want to thank you for for writing in with this sensitive question. You know, first of all, I'm I'm really glad that you're aware of this and that you care about it rather than just accepting that this is where you're at, this is the stage you're at, this is normal course of things and I, I'm really glad. And I think that's a really good thing that you're aware of this situation. You don't like the situation and um you're wondering what you can do about it. But so the first thing I would suggest for you to do is to make sure you're talking about it, not in a nagging way to your husband like we're not romantic anymore. But in, you know, just in a way of being honest, like, hey, I I miss this, whether it's physical intimacy or emotional intimacy, what are you missing? And, you know, it who doesn't want to hear that you you love them and want to spend more time with them? You know, that's a really good thing. So I would I would encourage you to to look at some positive ways that you could express this to your husband and and really talk about it. This is a very normal thing that you want this. It's a very good thing that you want this, but you don't share whether or not you're talking with him about it. So I think I would just encourage you to do that. And then, you know, recognize, like, you know, you mentioned there's just less physical intimacy, which which can be a very normal part of, of growing older. It's not quite the same as when you were younger, but less intimacy in general is not normal. It shouldn't be like that. You actually should should grow closer in, in 
intimacy throughout your your married relationship. Of course, that's the ideal, not not everybody's experience, but it's something to be aware of and, and certainly a goal to have. So yeah, for sure, it's something that you could be working on. And you don't share if your husband, sh- you know, shares your faith, um, but I would encourage you to pray together. That can bring a whole new level of intimacy to your marriage. And in, in a way that, you know, if you haven't done that before, it might be a little uncomfortable getting started. You know, there there are some great Catholic resources out there for praying together as a couple. Find something that works for you. And, and then I would really encourage you to just start there. If he's willing, if, if he shares the faith with you, that can be a really beautiful way of building in another layer of intimacy in your married relationship. And then lastly, I just want, I want to encourage you to think about ways that you could have fun together. What did you used to do that was fun? Maybe you could do one of those things again or a modified version of it if you no longer want to do the exact thing. You know, making plans together is really a great way of of growing in your married relationship. And I found that when Dan and I have a shared goal together, whether it's, you know, having a fitness goal or planning a trip together or, um, you know, learning something together or a household project you're working on together, having that shared goal just brings you closer together. Like it reminds you that you're teammates. And especially if it's something you don't normally do, like let's say you're both professionals or you said that you're retired, you know, maybe a woodworking project isn't something you normally would do. If you're both learning it together, that's really just a really fun way to interact and um, to connect with each other. And and remember like, hey, this, this person isn't just that, you know, just that person that I kind of share space with who, you know, a roommate or whatever, or, a, you know, a partner in like the business of life. But this is this is somebody that I love. And this is, a, you know, a, a beautiful and precious human being that that God has given me to love. And my goal is to get this person to heaven. That's a, that's a beautiful, intimate relationship. But just remember the ways that you used to enjoy being together, the ways you used to enjoy one another's company. Maybe you want to cook together. Maybe you want to take a class together. But, you know, I would say don't, I don't know where you're at with regard to talking to your husband about these things, but don't overwhelm him like with a bunch of to-dos. You know, maybe pick a couple of these things, a place to start, something new that you might try together and suggest it. And if he says no, be prepared. Be prepared for that. Don't feel rejected by that. Think of something a little bit smaller, maybe a little less overwhelming for him and starting there. But but really focusing on this is a good thing that you want. This is a good thing for the both of you that you want. And there there's so much that you're missing out on if you just allow yourselves to drift apart. And, you know, wanting to stop that is, is a really good thing that you want in your marriage, JW. So know that. So I'm going to be praying for you. And I, I want to invite everybody listening to please pray for JW and her and her husband, um, that they can grow in intimacy in their marriage. And let's pray for all marriages. Let's pray for especially those those couples who might be drifting apart because of stresses of life or just because of growing older or, you know, established bad habits of communication. Let's, let's pray for all married couples because it's not an easy thing. And it is a lifelong project. And none of us have it figured out perfectly yet. So we're, we're all kind of works in progress with regard to this. So let's let's bring that especially to prayer in the coming week. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. But if you enjoy the Girlfriends podcast, can I ask you to share it? You can leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's a wonderful way to share what you enjoy about Girlfriends. And it really helps us to get the word out and grow our community here. But also just share it with a friend, maybe text a friend about it or post on your social media. Just share what you like about Girlfriends and help us to grow this beautiful community of listeners right here on the Girlfriends podcast. 
Thank you so much for being here. I love that we're able to connect this way. I do not take for granted that you have many things that are vying for your time and attention. And I'm so grateful that you choose to spend some of it right here with me on Girlfriends. Thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. Thank you.